Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Going in Circles Big Monday show. My name is Charles Lyman. My co-host, the sniper Barry Spears, will be with us in just a second. Tonight's show, I got to say that there's never a shortage of controversial topics to talk about in horse racing. So, unfortunately, we won't be talking about, I don't know, my top 10 jockeys of all time. We'll be talking about dysfunction. But that's nothing new. We're going to talk about this past weekend's results, what it means, looking forward to the Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Oaks. Probably talk a little bit about Saturday's card at Gulfstream, which is spectacularly good. Um, the Gotham looks like a competitive race, probably won't have any derby impact, but uh, we'll look forward to those two. It won't be all gloom and doom. See you in a second. Hey, everyone. Barry and I want to thank you for listening to the Big Monday Show and for those that also read the Going in Circles Digest. Again, thank you for your support and for listening to our show, reading our stuff. In that same vein, we want to announce that we are now part of a horse racing-centric website. It's called RacingHub.com. R-C-N-G-H-U-B.com. It's brand new. We're just slow rolling it out. Uh, It's going to be a spot where you can go for information, for takes, for analysis, for opinions. And they're going to come from us, of course, and others that we feel have unbiased opinions that aren't trying to sell you something, that understand racing and the issues, and you're going to get a view that is not available in that many other places. Uh, We have quite a few people lined up to join us. Again, we're rolling it out slow. We're not trying to be anyone else. We are ourselves. This is our site. This is what we're doing. We have other partners that are involved as well. But we want people to check this out and make suggestions. Tell us what you want to see. Tell us what you think is missing in the horse racing media. Um, We're going to do handicapping. We're going to do uh, coverage of races. We're going to do a lot of different stuff. But we want to hear from you because you guys guys are the the listeners. So check it out. RCNGHUB.com. RacingHub.com. Hey there, Mr. Spears. How are you? Doing all right, Mr. Simon. What's going on, man? Well, welcome to the show today. Yeah. This week's welcome. version of, <laughs> of uh, the wild racing. <laughs> <laughs> racing uh, exposes. The... Yeah, a lot was going on, man. Never ending, my friend. Never ending. Uh, 
There's always a controversial topic to talk about. Which one? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's funny that uh, just when things kind of quiet down, something just appears out of the blue. Yeah. <laughs> Today we had a release of a report from the HISA people or the high people or some people from some organization about the breakdown to Saratoga last year. And I was a little bit critical of the report because it doesn't really do much in terms of uh, breaking any new ground. And uh, theoretically, they were looking for some sort of common denominator and Anybody that knows anything about racehorses and the health and the, the you know the lack of health for a racehorse knows that breakdowns are, are unique events most of the time. You, you might get a situation where there's a soft spot on a racetrack itself where you have horses getting hurt because of that. But that's a rarity. That, that does not happen very often. For the most part, a horse's a fatality is an individual thing. Um, and, you know, the, the odds of, of there being some sort of link between these events when they were on two different surfaces, there was, I think, three or four of them on the turf. One of them wasn't even a, you know, wasn't even a breakdown. It was a horse that had a a heart attack, for lack of a better word, which, I mean, how is that related to any of the things that, that they had brought up? Uh, it's not. But, uh, of course, it gets lumped in there. And, you know, one of the things that I, I just, I don't think that, that people appreciate this is that if you're an official organization and you make a statement There are going to be a, a segment of the, the people that read that that believe you. And when you say things like, well, you know, it, maybe it was the weather. It was rain, it was it was rainy this year, especially compared to last year. I mean, if you don't have any real links to weather as a cause, then that should not be brought up. Because Don't mention it. <laughs> no, it doesn't do any good because all you're doing is putting ideas in people's heads. Therefore, they're going to start stringing together um, things that have no relation because that's what happens. And you know the the, the idea that high in intensity exercise and <laughs> bullshit. Ninety nine point eight percent of the horses that didn't break down have the same exact preparation it also you know is bad because <laughs> people don't understand at this point that the breakdown rate is the lowest it's ever been exactly exactly it's one of those phenomenons that we've talked about before that perception is is what kills us and there's a meeting today. They have this what what's it called? Light up racing. Yeah. Um, an idea, a movement to try to get people 
to, um, you know, put racing in a better light. And it's fine. I, I have no problem with it. It's it's a, a grassroots thing that should have been done a long time ago, but they're doing it now, and that that's fine. But the impact of those things are tiny, are very very small compared to when an organization like Heisa releases a report that has, you know, just it just didn't need to be re- released like this. Just say, you know what? We went through all the information. We we went through the uh, the necropsies and the track readings and the training charts and the vet records, blah, 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 blah. And we didn't find any common denominators. We did find that three of the horses had been on the vets list. Okay, that's information that that's... Noteworthy, yeah. Right, okay, fine. We did find that three of the horses had been injected within 30 days. Okay, that, that's actual information that, that matters. Um... And pretty much that's it. But, you know, saying, you know, using this information, we're going to try to move forward and and, and try to craft our rules in a, in a little better manner. Something like that. But when you, when you, you, you have the release going out and then you have the racing media, of course, focusing on the negatives, what happens is what happened today. And that's when you go through, God forbid, you go through the Facebook horse racing messages <laughs> and you go through the other, you know, on Twitter and you see all of a sudden you've just, you've attracted like, like, um, like moss to a flame to <laughs> attract the, the, the negative people. And they come and they start, see, see, I told you up, these trainers are just working these horses too hard. Yeah, that's total bullshit. It's complete bullshit. A, a horse's exercise regimen isn't workouts. There's six other days. It's not one day a week or one day every ten days or however a person or a trainer has a you know pattern for a horse. That's not the training of the horse. That's just one segment of the training of the horse, and that's the thing that that just. It, it 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 gets ignored because nothing else is uh, a matter of public record. No one no one has Gallup reports, so to ignore those, it, it's just it's just crazy. And and that's the thing that that really gets me is that all the positivity and all the groups and all the the things that we want to uh, you know use as messaging you know from industry people just gets completely wiped away when you put out stuff like this i mean now we're gonna see every time it rains if god forbid anything happens everybody's gonna say they shouldn't run in the rain it's complete bullshit they had a study like six months ago that came out that showed that there weren't any more incidences on muddy tracks as there were on fast tracks and you know, it's like it's like that 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 they everyone wants all this data studies blah blah blah, but then they get one that that doesn't meet up with their, um, you know their their philosophy, then it gets ignored, and that's what really what what bothers me as much as anything in that that these people are not trying to make racing better. 
it just feels like there's a, a whole layer of people in this business that just want to put synthetic tracks in because that's what they think will solve most of their problems <laughs> and they won't have to deal with anything else. I swear that that seems like that's what they want to do because why else would you talk about the weather if you don't have any correlation to it? Yeah, that, that I, I found that kind of bizarre. Like weather, what does that have to do with any of this? The dirty little secret about the Santa Anita situation was the year before, when the weather was fine, they had more breakdowns. There was more in 2018 than it was in 2019. <laughs> but that's not publicly available information. And, you know, nobody wanted to talk about it, especially the people in charge out there. I mean, that's the thing. It's just so frustrating because you see like mainstream sports, how they're operated and they don't do everything perfectly, but they're all trying to grow their game. And what's happening here is individuals are trying to cover their ass and people are lazy, just lazy. They don't want to do the work. They don't know what's actually going on. They have no understanding of, of, of what the people who, who make up their uh, customer base and their constituents. They don't listen to most owners and trainers either. I mean, listen, you got Mike Rapoli out there who's so pissed off about everything. And think about this. <laughs> They're not listening to that guy? Nope. <laughs> Love him or hate him. He's a guy that's got 280 horses and he runs. You know, like he's not a guy that, that doesn't have, you know, doesn't participate. And he is a billionaire. So if, if that guy can't get um, the attention of people without having to do this whole commissioner thing, think about that. Think about that. It's just getting tougher and tougher to find some hope or light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, th think about the DQs this weekend. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, we got Swift out there calling for a boycott of betting on April. And, and <laughs> oh, like, what good is that going to do? Think about it from this angle. The people who are in charge of, of racing, the tracks, basically, what are they doing to give any indication that they care about what the customers think? And what gives anyone the idea that not betting in April is going to make them change course or even look up not that it's going to happen boycotts betting boycotts never happen because you know what people don't see that as a reason well it, it just is is people that bet on horses like to bet on horses right that's why there's some people many people left despite all the bullshit 
but it, it's just not going to it's not going to help. They've got money from other sources. They have CAW money now. They don't look at us like they need us as much. The, you know, they, they have slot money now. They don't look at us like they need us as much. And that's that's speaking for both betters and, and horsemen. Fact of the matter is they have a new younger girlfriend. <laughs> you know? And <laughs> they're, they're not hiding her. <laughs> They're bringing her out in public. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good analogy. <laughs> I mean, from your standpoint, because you, you know, you you were never um, on the on the backside, and then you come from a, a different uh, point of view from from me. Like, how do you take it? Same. I mean, it. They're they they just don't care or don't listen or don't understand all the above. But yeah, the betters are really like the peons in the whole thing. We're the last people they they'll listen to on anything about anything, including betting, wagering what would be better for the product, stuff like that. They still wouldn't listen. I mean, how many how many years? do people have to say they hate the 20 cent jackpot bets before they change? Yeah, I know Santa Anita recently changed. Um, Naira recently changed, but all the others, they're still there. Some even, <laughs> I think wasn't uh, the one at fairgrounds was like 20 cents or something that they're pick mm-hmm. five. So, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, and it, it didn't it didn't happen overnight either. No, it took them years, years, little years. I mean, people were saying that you know after it, everybody caught on with the math on how the pools are divvied up in the in the jackpot ones. Um, you know, there. I mean, anybody you could think of that that really plays horses. <laughs> was saying it, it was terrible. The the takeout on it was terrible. The whole idea was terrible. They just need to go back to the traditional. And you know, this was ten years ago, right? About, about that. And it, it tied up money for so long. Yep. You know. But I, I you know, I, I've never seen a track just lower takeout because of what the betters are asking them to. And the ones that did, there was a couple that did, like Canterbury was one. They went back to the old way. Yeah. Or they did it such a short period of time. Right. It was it wasn't even, you know, worth doing because they didn't even see it through. No, right. So it's like when you have a uh you have a an illness and the doctor gives you thirty days worth of pills and you take it for three days and say, Oh, <laughs> that's I'm, it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not better, it's not working. You know that that's that's what they've done. Or Ellis did it years ago, mm-hmm. and and before Ellis was was had you know not that it's not that it's like Saratoga or Delmar, but you know Ellis's stature has risen quite a bit. But they did it, and uh, I think they only raced like nineteen days back then, and they you know never went back to it. And I'm thinking, yeah, but you're you're lowering, or it might have just been one bet. Maybe they had a 
pick four, pick five, something. Yeah, it was like twelve percent, right? Yeah, it was, it was it was like very very low bet, and you know it's like yeah, but you are operating in a market where you, there's a tremendous amount of competition. I mean, it was a good idea. It just wasn't the right track at the right time. Mm-hmm. Doing it in August when Saratoga's Saratoga's open the and, focus and, and right. Belmont, uh, excuse me, Belmont, Delmar's open and Monmouth was open and Arlington was open and uh, I mean, there just were uh, Calder was was running at that time and it was a, a pretty strong signal. So, you know, they were about the seventh strongest signal at the time, and you know they remained seventh because. It just wasn't, people weren't just going to automatically just start concentrating on Ellis Park because, I mean, there's just other things that, you know, they take the priority. But, but no, it's, uh, it, it's, it's frustrating. I mean, it's, it's this, the whole stewards thing is like, oh man, that was, <laughs> I mean, yesterday's takedown was ridiculous. A, it was at the start. B, the way they start the race in California on the turf, and, and I realized that Santa Anita has to run a lot of turf races for a long period of time. Um, so they start them in the middle of the track so that they don't have, you know, like Gulfstream gets the gullies where they mm-hmm. have the starting gate. They start them out in the middle of the track so they don't have, they don't get those. The problem is that when you start a race in the middle of the track, the entire field has got to shift to the left to get to the rail. Therefore, no one can go straight. <laughs> and it gives off a, a really distorted view. And amazingly enough, they have the view from the the drone. And when you see the last race at Santa Anita yesterday, the four horse actually gets bumped by the horse inside of him. I think the three or the three, two. Yeah. And, and the four horse is actually going out as much as the six is going in. I mean, and the jock, you know, got a little bit jostled, but he had the entire race to A, to make it up, and B, it wasn't like he was compromised. He wound up in a perfect position. It didn't hurt him at all. It wasn't an egregious foul. It wasn't, no one took up bad. It, it wasn't like the, the horse on the outside um, came over and, and interfered with five horses or something like that, that that would usually would be the standard to take a horse down at the, at the start. And, and they just ignored it. I mean, that was just a brutal takedown. And there was one Friday where, where Kyle Fry was on the lead on a horse and the horse was tiring, and he came over about a half a path for the, towards the rail. But but he never really impeded the other horse. And then he kind of drifted out, and the horse on the inside couldn't get past him. And the jock on the inside kind of steadied. But the the rider on the lead horse, it's not his responsibility to prevent a horse behind him from steadying because he didn't cut the horse off. He didn't make contact with the horse. The, the rider on the inside just got a little nervous. That's not a, a foul. He, right. he did not foul. He did not commit a foul. And then like halfway through the inquiry, they lit up two other horses <laughs> who weren't even part of it. 
and and they took the horse down. And and you know, from my stand up, my standpoint, it's like, what's the jock supposed to do now? Everyone said to me about yesterday's DQ that the the, the jock on the outside, the seven horse, in Sunday's last race, hit the horse right handed a couple times, which he did. But when you look at it from above, he didn't really impede anyone. The entire field was was moving to the left, except for the four. Right, the four was straight. He was the only one, but you can't go straight there because you're going to wind up in the 15 path because they start the race on the outside of the track. It just is, it, it was two instances where the, the results really were not affected because in, in, in yesterday's case, the horse had the entire race to make it up. He couldn't go by. He didn't get a bad trip. It, it really was a nothing. It was something that happens all the time out of the gate. And in in Sunday in the race on Friday night, the last race, and these were both at Santa Anita. Um, uh, what is the guy in the lead supposed to do if the horse behind him, the right. jockey checks it doesn't steer right? The guy doesn't he doesn't yes. get him in the right path. If I you mean, cut you the guy that. off and he checks, it's one thing. But if you do not cut the guy off, he just checks because whatever. What are you supposed to do? I, that, that's my question, is, is how could that be avoided? And it can't be avoided because it shouldn't be. A, it's not a foul. It's not a foul, yeah. And believe me, they don't. What can you do? You know, people, as one guy said, well, you don't even bet. Sin on the I say, I know I don't bet. But that's not the point. The point is that, that these are the things that, that chip away at the confidence of people wagering on this business, the game. Oh yeah, I mean, I I don't know if you saw any of the posts after that. I saw a lot of people saying, "Oh, the Stewart's bet, Stewart's bet." Stewart's I mean... smart enough to bet. Though, so if they <laughs> did bet, they would be betting three to five shots. I guarantee you that. <laughs> it's it's just. Uh... Yeah, These are the, the it's it's the very Spears quotation over and over again. These are low hanging fruits, but the you know the California Racing Board is run by a guy who was a terrible steward. They took him; he was a terrible steward. So what they do? They made him in charge of the other stewards. <laughs> That's racing, baby. That's racing. You want you want a racing tactic? That that right there is it. But um, so let's talk about something a little more upbeat. Upbeat. What about uh, what about Arkansas on a on a a rare non rainy day at Arkansas on Saturday? The Time Lord was in the house. Time Lord in the building. The Time Lord and the boss were there. The boss running the press box. The Saluki. <laughs> her, her, and uh, Clyde. Simpatico. But uh I mean going in the Rebel was not a strong race. Um the horses competing in it with the exception of Timberlake mostly were slow and mostly were not very well credentialed. Not at all. <laughs> I think the only stake winner in the field outside of Timberlake was uh, Just Steel, and he was a stake winner at six furlongs, where he should be running. 
as we've made the suggestion <laughs> to, to, to the coach for about four months now. Um, but I mean, Timberlake did what he was supposed to do, right? Got a good trip too. Yeah, yeah, he got you know he kind of had the swing wide at the, the top of the stretch, but I mean. When horses in the front of you are going slower, you got to go slower. Right, you just got to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I, 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 you know, I mean, obviously he ran well, and I don't know what kind of figure he got, but it would probably... 93 buyer, I think. <clears throat> but it would probably be pretty good, but I have my doubts about him. I, I, I do, um, but... He's just one of those that I just have a feeling that the mile and a quarter isn't going to be what he wants, especially in a big, bulky field where he might get a little bit rank. But uh, I mean, you know, are, are you are you on the bandwagon? I don't know, man. Because <clears throat> when when's the next time we'll see that horse in the Arkansas Derby? Yeah, probably Arkansas Derby. Or- Bluegrass. Yeah. Um Yeah, I I mean I I really thought that field was weak, like really weak. Um and like you said he did what he needed to do. I don't know if he has a lot of upside because that field was so weak. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, right. I mean, he did what he was supposed to do. I, other than that, I just don't know. That I can get too excited about it. Yeah, and you know, I guess you can factor in that he wasn't probably fully cranked either. Um, because you know they don't want to top out in the <laughs> in the rebel and not the derby, you know. Right. But it was a good race. I mean, you know, for for a horse coming off the layoff that was, you know, pretty fast last year. Um, you know, I think he paired up his buyers too. So that he he may have some more improvement in him. Yeah, see, uh, I I didn't think that the uh, the the honeybee was a very good race, and <laughs> and you saw what happened there. We got a, we got a, we got a maiden. <laughs> Upsetting for Mr. Lucas, who had a big day. Won the first race. Yeah, he did. It was the hot tub time machine, man. Went back in time. Hey, you know what? He, he likes to race his horses. I can't. I can't knock Yeah, that. you can't knock him for that. I mean, nope. they go. You can't knock him for, for, for running. Sometimes he puts them in spots that, that don't really look like they're the right spot, but every once in a while, one will jump up and do like that Philly did and win. I mean, that's how it used to be when when he was when he was a super trainer, the only super trainer. He would run horses and they would just run bad sometimes. Bad, like off the board. Yep. And then all the time. next time they go, they come right back. Three we weeks later, they would run them and they just yeah. There was there was often no no rhyme or reason to some of his. Uh, some of his horses, but he always ran. I mean, that's that's the thing is, you know, he from an era where where you ran, horses doing good, but you put him in, which is an era that unfortunately doesn't seem to exist anymore. 
And yet, you know, a horse like Senior Buscador, who races every month, has like 10 races since in the, in the last year. Just, yeah, he's been all over the place, too. Just keeps getting better and winds up winning a $20 million race. I mean, but everybody's going to follow along in the Dutch Oval. I mean, that's the thing that makes me crazy is that. Like, yeah, he's great. He's it, doing great. It, he, ain't, he ate up and after, you yeah. know, after the race and, you know, he's good. But we're going to wait till June to run him, maybe July. That's what I mean. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, listen, it makes sense if there's if the horse is, is just physically unable to come back in a short period of time. I'm not saying that that's the case, but that's how they are training him. And the idea that, you know, Rick Dutro of all people, needs to have this horse give get three months off or four months off between races, makes me think that, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to think, but I just find it unappealing as a fan of the sport when people say how great their horse came out of the race, how he never he looked like he didn't run, and yeah, maybe we can make the race in June. I mean, it's freaking February. Like the chief used to say, man, like, what do these people want me to do? Put the horse in the freezer and thaw him out for the race six months from now? <laughs> like, what are we supposed to do with him between now and then? <laughs> that was his, that was his exact quote. That's like, true, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's probably why that horse threw in that bad race. <laughs> that's the thing is, is that, I mean, horses sometimes just don't run. It's a long ship. And... It's a new track. It's a new environment. It's it's a one-turn race versus a two-turn race. And, you know, logically, the horse has shown he can go one turn, but the the pace was really fast, too. That was the other thing. Mm -hmm. Like, they have a different way of... I mean, they, they they time from the gate, right? Directly from the gate, so... It's not like apples to apples compared to our fractions, but they were moving. It was really <laughs> fast. So I mean, the eight hundred, which is four furlongs, um, was forty six, and that's with no run up. Right. So it's probably like forty four. Yeah. So that that was that was that was fast. Man. Yeah, man. <laughs> So, man, that that might have been part of it because he was having that, you know, I said slow him on the backside and he's struggling. He was the jock was tapping him on the shoulder to keep up, and and that's not how he normally. Usually, he's come running through the bridle. But that's the thing that that that's the thing as a follower of racing. It just makes me like huh, the horse just ran a bad race. Get him back to the U.S. and put him in a race. It's not like this horse has got twenty three grade one wins. <laughs> he's got. Three and and one of them was two years ago. I mean, seriously, he he had a good second half of the season last year. He won two races. Like what? What? what all of a sudden now, like we're gonna we're gonna like uh, treat him like he's flight line? Come on! <laughs> Put him, race him. Put him in races.
I mean, he's not by Tappet. Even though he's gray, he's by race day. <laughs> he's going to go to stud for 25000 or less. And that's just the way it is. Because he doesn't have any pedigree. So there's no reason not to race him. There's no reason not to race him a lot. Again, unless he physically has some issues. Which, you know, no one ever actually talks about. And I understand why they don't talk about it. Because, yeah. you know, everyone was second-guess him. Every time, it, God forbid, anything went wrong, everybody would be like, oh, my God. Oh, oh, oh. So annoying. <laughs> You know, but like I said, a good senior buscador just keeps running along. And then, you know, he might throw a clunker in. But the fact of the matter is he's thrown clunkers in along the way. No, he definitely did. They keep running him and he keeps he he keeps coming back. We saw the crowns cutting back to a mile, which he's not gonna get a mile and a quarter. It just isn't gonna happen. So I don't know who else was running in that race. The Dubai race. Buscador? Yeah, I mean, I know the two that ran one, too, but they're both dead closers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did they say Dermot Sotogaki's going to run back? They should, right? I don't know. I mean, they're there. Ran really good there last year. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it was, it was kind of... Tough to watch. Book uh, him down. I'll get run down. Oh, man. That was hurtful. Oh, that was stretch is long. Doesn't stop, man. I was, I was happy to see that he, he he ran good. And I was happy for my man. But Bouchero, who's, who's a good sign. I mean, he's he gets a lot of good runners. He doesn't get many that run at the grade one level internationally, but. But uh, well, I don't know if that race, that race isn't grade one, is it? I don't know if it's graded. But, um, I mean, he ran against a really good horse. It took a really good horse to beat him. That's for sure. Mm. Though I don't like the... There, there's way too many jinxy people that are on that horse. Oh, like going over the top. Oh, yeah. There, there's way too many mushes on that horse. He's He's doesn't... The guy with the the trainer, the Japanese trainer with the funny hats, he has no idea how much weight that horse is going to carry. <laughs> Every chalk eater. Oh. Yeah, the, the funny thing is they all act like they're clever. The horse is undefeated, man. <laughs> like <laughs> like they've they've unearthed some some gem that no one else knows about. <laughs> He's like fifteen to one in the future book. <laughs> it's February. He's fifteen twenty to make it to the race, and and that doesn't mean that you know he couldn't win. He certainly looks talented enough, but his path here isn't going to win or lose the race for him. That that's the great thing is when I say, oh well, you know you can't win you you know coming the UAE Derby way. Well, the fact of the matter is that no one has, but no one's won coming through the wood in thirty years either. Right. It's one race. There's no trends. You know, there are no trends. It's unique. It's it, yeah, exactly. It, it's just 
there's no trends for one uh, a singular event that happens once a year. I mean, is it possible that the horse could run in the UA Derby and win the Kentucky Derby? Of course. You know, what are you going to tell me? That Bataglia is the way to go because Rich Strike won it? <laughs> you know, he came through that the, 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 the Turfway route. That's the route to do it. I mean, Animal Kingdom did too. So everyone should rise to Turfway. That, that's that's the key. I mean, it's just silly. There's, there's a lot of ways. And the Derby's... Half of the Derby is luck anyways. Being at your top of your game on that day, getting fortunate trip, having everything work out, not getting run into by some other horse, mm. not having your horse freak out because there's a million people there, and, and you, you know, you're in the paddock forever. I mean, there's a lot of different variables that go into it that are not controllable and also have nothing to do with where the horse prepped. Have you looked at the Florida Derby or Florida Derby card? No, you have not. Have you looked at the uh, the Fountain of Youth card at all? Um, perused it a little bit, a little bit. That. I mean, we give Gulfstream a lot of heat, and they deserve it most of the time. But that is a very good card. That is a very very good card. The Probably is good. We're gonna get these huh. days. That's about as good as we're gonna get these days. The mm -hmm. undercard races are good. I know it starts at like six o'clock in the morning, <laughs> but um, it's it's a uh, it's a very good card. The, the Fountain of Youth itself is an interesting race. Um, you know the two-year-old Philly Champ F just FYI is back, and and she probably won't even be the favorite in that race. The Devona Dale. So, but there's a lot of good races, and you know what they don't have very much of on uh, on Saturday at Goldstream? Synth races. Tapioca. Even that race isn't a bad race. They have one tapioca race, and it, it's an interesting race in that there's a, it's like a race where all the horses that, that are racing on different surfaces at different distances are just trying this. <laughs> Yeah, like Rock Emperor's in there. Oh, nice! <laughs> and it's just a bunch of it's just a weird race. It's got like a okay, it's a hundred thousand. <laughs> so let's let's give it a whirl. But it's a really good card. So I have not seen the card from Aqueduct yet. I, I saw the the entrance for the Gotham. Though the Gotham really doesn't have much derby relevance anymore. No. Not like when Easy Goer won it. That race was wild. That might have been the fastest track in the history of racetracks. <laughs> of course, think? because you it think was so? because it was 1989, you know, this, the dark yeah. ages, we don't have the charts for it. But uh, I remember it being like ludicrously fast, <laughs> like like super fast. You know, the Aqueduct main track, the old Aqueduct main track, could be like tight as a drum. 
Kelly Kip was, was was knocking off those one hundred seven and twos. Yeah, you can't do that there now. Yeah, you got set one hundred seven and two for six or for five and a half. You're running on the beach. You if you go seven and a, if you go five and a half and one hundred seven and two. You got like a hundred twenty two <laughs> buyer. <laughs> A race the other day about seven furlongs. Uh, excuse me, six and a half furlongs and like one twenty three. Man, mules go faster than that. <laughs> oh my man, Brownie's got got his filly in on on Friday first race at Aqueduct. Mama Gigi, six horse race, maiden forty, New York breads. Let's go, Steve Brown. Defeated Bobby Hurley one on one at the Saratoga West Side. Confirmed. Yes, sir. You know, that was about uh, oh, 15 years ago. Maybe more. My, my shit, it might it's be 20. Be might, might, be, might be 20 years ago now. Early 2000s? Yeah, like early, early 2000s. Like, yeah. He got me, uh, he, he, was, he was working for the city of Saratoga. Doing um, like groundskeeping, like planting flowers and stuff. You know, Saratoga loves flowers. Yeah. And he uh, he got me some <laughs> for my barn, and he, he spruced the barn up, and and we got to the we got barn in a month for that. I give him credit, but yeah, so. Nothing like owning one horse and getting in a six-horse race for Maiden 40. There you go. And she's got speed. So hopefully speed's good for, for, for his sake. I know he's going to want me to go with him. <laughs> it's, it's a long ride back from Saratoga if the horse is running. Oh, there. man. That would be horrible. <laughs> That's that three hours, awful. especially on a Friday night. The traffic oh. will be a nightmare. It'll it'll be like a twelve hour drive. Oh, that would be the worst. Yeah. So you know, maybe we can slide over to the Meadowlands for a little bit, <laughs> taking some amateur rides, drivers. Chaos Central, man. Ah. Tinky. <laughs> Can you imagine there's a person named Tinky that everybody is <laughs> Like, what is wrong with this business, bro? We we have a guy named Tinky, and, and we know who it is, but of course he's denying that that's who it is, but uh, there's a tell. That it can tell why you can tell why the person is who they are, they are because of a certain thing. But regardless, it's his anonymy. He wants to be anonymous. Uh, but they're now using voice-changing apps. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> that is like WWE like type stuff. Their, their podcast. And it's like, I, I was thinking of it was like, 60 minutes, you know, and like they they got a guy. That, oh, they got the yeah. voice and they, they dress yeah. him up. Yeah, the, you know, the shadow, the dark. they show the, the silhouette and, you know, because the, the cartel's gonna whack the guy before, you know. Like, 
like, come on, you're wrong with this. It's kind of funny, really. I mean, if you really look at it from the standpoint of, it's like WWE villains, like it's, you it's, know, it's, it's so bizarre. You know how they hype each other up pre, like one of those, like before WrestleMania, like the weeks before they. They do all those promos where they talk smack to each other. Yeah, talk. yeah. That's exactly what this is. It's like it's like bad WWE. <laughs> In the end, no one's gonna hit with a chair, which is always, you know, livens things up. That's the best uh, part. I, mean, I I wrote about um about you know the relationship, like Poli versus Stuart Janney, and how it eerily mirrors the political situation we have in our country in, in, the, in the race for the president and you have the you know the old guard guy who, who's you know the old establishment guy who, who's not gonna give in and then you have the the boisterous billionaire who's you know wants to take over <laughs> and i said just like america like nobody with any sense actually thinks that that either result is going to be beneficial for them because these are two people that don't think like any of us. They're, you know, I mean, Mike Rapoli, I think we have more in common with him because he was, you know, quote unquote commoner at one point, but he's also, he's been a billionaire for 20 years. Right. He's, I'm sure he's used to that. But, you know, his, his point of view is, is you know, than, than most everyone else's. And that doesn't mean that he doesn't bring some good things to the table. The fact that he's actually doing going public with a lot of the stuff that nobody would would admit for a long time. I mean, think about mm-hmm. think about that. It's just recently we've got people in positions of, of authority in racing that, that have actually admitted that some of the problems we have are actual problems. But uh It's it's kind of like bizarre world that this is happening. And I think yeah. it, it does merit our society a lot. There's just a lack of respect, man. People just don't have respect for each other anymore. And it comes out all the time. And and I think, you know, you're what you said about social media last week or the week before, and that you can say whatever you want and hide behind a, a screen name. Very true. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know what good can come out of either of those two people going at each other or even helping each other. I don't. I don't know. Um. <clears throat> Because, like you said, you know the old guard is not trying to let go. <laughs> no, the old guard's out to lunch, and the new guard may not be much better than the old guard. Right. I mean, the odds are that that we might improve things here or there somewhere, but in the end, no one really has that much power to make sweeping changes that they're really are needed. And it's got to be done by consensus. Right. The collective has to do it. You know, Tinky was today. I mean, he brought up a point about stallions. 
and how the young stallions are making up the bulk of the the high dollar sales and and they're breeding to a couple hundred mares now and you know and the point being that he commented on his his question kind of a rhetorical question is you know how can the breed be sustained and, and it can't just it, it's not that much different than the caws if you if you're a race driver if you put me in charge of racing and said how can you grow racing well doing everything the opposite of how we're currently doing it wouldn't work in all occasions but it would work in a lot of them are people willing to do that? I mean, you have people whose livelihoods depend on keeping the status quo, and those are not people that are going to just flip because they're. It's a, it's just a, an admission that they're doing things wrong. And that that's the crux of the problem. I mean, if Churchill Downs wanted to do the best thing for the industry, the horse racing industry, they would have figured out a way to to punish Baffert and and let him back, so that it doesn't become a distraction. And and every time that horse runs, it's going to be a distraction. And to be honest with you, I don't think Baffert has met many other horses that could win the Kentucky Derby this year. I think he had one. Yeah, nice horse. And. It's not the end of the world if he doesn't race in it because, you know what, we don't even know if he'll make it. The way things guard now, the way horses are raced now, you know, who knows if he'll, if he'll even get there. <laughs> but um, Well, we're back. Yeah. That was weird. We had to take a commercial break. Right? We don't even have any commercials. <laughs> Spotify is, is actually, we should make an announcement that uh, we are going to have to go to video podcasts soon because Spotify is demanding it. Yeah, pretty much demanding it. So. But I think it's going to be like that StreamYard thing, like where you can. It has video, but it you can just record like the audio. I think they're doing. They've made some sort of deal with Riverside. Oh, I was reading through. They sent me some bulletin the other day. Like, hey, great having your podcast uh, hosted on our uh, channel, but uh, you're gonna have to change it because <laughs> <laughs> we're getting rid of you. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to do some some different things, which is fine. Yeah, we adapt. We're, <clears throat> we're adaptable. That's right. Swiss Army knives. Versatility is our weapon. Our secret weapon. Yeah. I have to give a shout out to your. Uh... AI rendered graphic for the digest this weekend. Did you, did you like that? Yeah, that was pretty good. Thinking shit. <laughs> uh, 
horses. It took me a while to get it. Some of them were not good. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta have a blooper reel of bad pictures. It's so weird. Like, AI is just so... um, (laughs) It's fascinating. It can come up with, like, when you're doing images, it can come up with, like, some great stuff. And then some of the stuff, it's like, just... What the hell? Not not even close to like what you typed in. I'm like, what the hell is this? You know. But it's 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 here. It's here, all right. It's here. I was running out of pictures for the for the digest. (laughs) I keep using the same ones over and over again. And you came up with a gem. You like that one? I like yeah, that. yeah. The digest got a lot of got a lot of action this weekend. It didn't get a lot of comments, which was interesting because generally, when you talk about a subject that's kind of uh, talk about Touch a subject that, that people have kind of drawn a line on, like they're on one side or the other. Mm. Usually, those are the ones that generate the most. Um, you know the most comments, and it really didn't, which was was surprising to me. <laughs> I would I was expecting half the people to be like, "Yeah, you're right," you know, and the other half to, go, "Oh, you know, you're you're an asshole." But I mean, I didn't really side with either side. It just I'm trying to you know make the point that you have two people of means that think that they understand the game in which most of the people in it do not. You know, and that, that's always the, the way that one of the things that racing has screwed up over the years is that, you know, they, they get McKinsey to, to, to tell them what to do. And that's just not, I mean, you have an ability to get to the people that you need to, to know what they, you know, what they want, what makes them happy, what makes them mad, what makes them want to be more involved, what makes them want to be less involved. It's not that hard. No, it really isn't. <laughs> it's just like the old days. You, you have an ability to, to find people and, and, and make put together focus groups and, you know, Zooms and things like that. And it just, it just takes effort. It just takes effort. And that, that's the thing that, that just gets me all the time about this whole business and that. How much of this stuff is mailed in? It just is aggravating. And, and, and you know, again, we're not talking about the, the grunt people, the, the ones that actually do the work. We're talking about the, the, the higher-ups. Because a lot of the people that work at racetracks, especially, are overworked and underpaid. Tracks yeah. are, have cut, 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 cut. So, I, I don't want people to think that we're just talking about those the, the people you're probably most likely to uh, have to deal with right not at all those, those are not the people that make policy decisions but um, yeah the boycott the boycott's a stupid idea it just doesn't work <laughs> No one's going to do it, and it's just not going to work. No way. They tried it before. Remember a few years ago? 
when racing was just racing, when there was nothing else associated with it, if you could have had a boycott, now there was no social media back then, so it was much more difficult to get the word out. It would have had much bigger impact because that was the only way that they were really driving significant revenues. But right. the way it is now, you know, Gulfstream just rented out their parking lot to Cirque du Soleil. I'm sure it wasn't for, I'm sure it wasn't cheap. I mean, they're, they're using their, their land for other things, tracks. They, they rent out, uh, Freehold is like a car lot. <laughs> You know they're they're doing other things with their properties, and they're a lot of them have casinos. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> they just we're just not as impactful. We're a a, a nuisance mostly. Some ways, some ways, yes. But uh, I was trying to be kinder, saying we're, we're just <laughs> one. Of, we're just one of the pillars, you know, that hold up the the roof. But instead of the pillar that that held up the roof, and now. You know, we're just one of of many, and like you said, we 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 feel like a nuisance to some. So, so whatever. Must it's really nice today in Saratoga. Nice as in like like fifty five. People wearing shorts. Um. Well, I had I had. I had shorts on. Short sleeves? Yeah. I went and I got my free wings from Buffalo Wild Wings for the Super Bowl. Hell yeah. Give me them six wings. (laughs) Six wings at at Buffalo Wild Wings is like 11 bucks. Ain't cheap, man. Gotta go back to a Magic game so I can get free Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Well, gotta miss two in a row. It's all right. That is one of the great promotions of the that they've come up with, man. People like go nuts. <laughs> oh man, it'll be it'll be like one hundred and twenty seven, you know, one hundred and twenty seven. Right, like to beat down in progress, right? And uh, everyone's like, uh, the guy, uh, a visitor misses the first free throw. Oh, Everybody man. in the stadium is up on their feet screaming, <laughs> <laughs> "Free chicken!" <laughs> and it happens more than you think. It does. It happened twice. Yeah. Game you know, you, you know those guys are feeling pressure. Makes those yeah, when the stadium of... turns red. Yeah, <laughs> and if everybody's rooting against you, even the people on your own team are rooting against you. They want the free chicken. <laughs> it's like that. Uh, was it Isaiah Thomas when the guy he went in the stands? He's like. I'm sorry, I just wanted a frosty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess they're gonna ban the the, the court storming. Oh, that was such garbage. You he tried to take out player. somebody. He we tried to take the we, dude out and then they expected we, not to get hurt. Come on. We, man. we can't have this. Duke has been involved. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's over. Party's over. Hey, listen, man. That- the truth of the matter is that court storming is is the the etiquette has just gotten to be ridiculous. They just storm the court <laughs> over over anything. It's not you gotta beat a really high ranked team, and you, if you're a good team, like you're a good program, you, you don't storm the court. You don't storm the court. <laughs> I need these rules written. 
Well, so. yeah, if, if you know Arizona, we don't storm the court in Arizona. We no. don't storm the court. Well, you've been there before. Let's just exactly. say that. Who are we gonna beat them? We're gonna storm the court. I mean, UCLA. Usually, we just throw stuff at them when they when they. <laughs> <laughs> That's a rotten tomato game. <laughs> as as they they leave the court and go. That's when you, you save the tomatoes for that date. Oh, but you, you, there's got to be a standard for court storming. I, I actually didn't storm a court. I, I stormed a field once. What? Yeah, one time. Arizona, we beat uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma oh. ranked third in the country. And we beat them six to three. Did you rip down? So, the... so, so half, half the storming was beating Oklahoma, and the other half was storming the field because there was so little action in the game. That was the only thing I had to keep us awake. <laughs> you didn't knock down the goalposts? Uh yeah, the goalposts came down. Oh sweet. Yeah. It's so gangster. Yeah, I was <laughs> where did that start? I need to look this uh, up. I need the history question. of the goalpost. But I remember we maneuver. climbed we climbed down <laughs> onto the field. We ran out in you know about midfield and then you just kind of mill around. You just stand there for a few seconds. Yeah, I mean we didn't leave. have cell phones. This was before cell phones. <laughs> oh boy. Just kind of like ran around and yelled. <laughs> yeah, where's 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 what's his name? Like, all right, now how do we get out of here? <laughs> yeah. But court storming has just gotten to be a little bit too. You know, I mean, Duke's not even that good. No, they're not. Wait, never beats him though. <laughs> well, it's like when the Caitlin Clark thing. You don't, there's no court storming girls basketball. Yes, there is. No. It's girl there basketball. is now. No. And in your Ohio State, <laughs> Ohio, you don't storm courts. Have some dignity. You pay your players more than anybody. That's it's, true. People who go to Ohio State make more money than the Columbus Blue Jackets do. I could, I could believe that. No storming the courts and chicks basketball. Everybody's mad. I like the storm. I like the court storm thing. Well, they, they remember they, they used to storm the court in the NBA. Yeah, I remember when uh, Larry Bird knocked a dude out. Yeah. <laughs> on his own court. <laughs> yeah, he's going back. That was at the garden. Yeah, it doesn't that, that no longer happens. If you try to storm the court in an NBA game now, the players the players fight you, you. You get you get first of all you get tased, and second of all you get knocked out like Jermaine knocked O'Neal out, knocked out Turtle that game in the in the, <laughs> the, 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 the Malice at the Palace or the Palace the Malice yeah the Malice at the Palace. Remember, palace, palace. remember the guy looked like Turtle from Entourage. Yeah, Jermaine O'Neal. Yeah, yeah, the Yankee sat on too. I think just clocked him. <laughs> Just like the people trying to fight Cam Newton. <laughs> oh man, what are you guys doing, man? That guy's giant. <laughs> he used to fight off NFL players, like right. he, he used to fight off like six foot four guys who weighed two hundred and eighty pounds and could run for really fast. He used to throw those guys. Right. He, this guy's an afterthought. Yeah. Guys, five foot nine guys are going after him. That was ridiculous. Just ridiculous. Well, the the best part about that is everybody thought that 
they were kids that were coming after him. It was, it was grown people yeah. just throwing around like that. Grown man just getting thrown around like ragdolls. <laughs> Listen, I'm not small. I'm, I'm not small, and, and and I, you know, I've been <laughs> I've been known to take a poke at somebody once in a while. Man, I ain't going after Cam Newton. <laughs> Hell no, that guy's that guy's giant. <laughs> uh, social media get y'all pumped up get beat down yeah he's one of those guys he runs down the field in a football game professional football players ain't wanting to get in front of him and them secondary guys they don't lay him <laughs> they would or he'd run him over yeah or, or they'd be diving at his ankles or something they weren't getting in his way I don't know the world's a crazy place. Yeah, it's just a crazy place, man. All I know is the Clyde Frazier suits pulled it out last night. Man, that was a that was a hell of a victory. Hey, we we got a matchup, you and me, or we're matched up. I know, right now. Yeah, we got late games, but uh, yeah, we 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 had to we had to pull off a couple. Steals on on the last game last last game of the night. It's such a bizarre category because you see like you'll see like your front court get a lot more steals than your back court. Steals in <laughs> some ways are just so random. They are like when you watch They're... a game and you're trying to watch for steals. It's the most frustrating <laughs> thing. <laughs> you're going at the... try to steal it. <laughs> Get it, get it. Don't back off. Get it. Don't make the right play. Go for the steal. Oh, it, it is. It's a, it's an unnatural thing, basically, because it's it's not like a lot of times the guy that gets the steal wasn't the person that caused. Right. He just ends up with yeah, the ball. He winds up with the ball. Right. Somebody else caused the player to the other the offensive player. The deflection. That was uh, it was rough, but man. It, it's me and uh, Joe Christofek's brother. Right now we're dueling. Danny. I got a couple more wins so I can get in the, get a, make sure I'm on the board. That's what I'm saying. What is it, top four? What's that? I don't even know what is they pay for. I've never been close. <laughs> uh, I was second last year, but I think it's top four. I'm coming. Did you get paid? I'm right there. On a four game winning streak. Did you get did you get the second place purse? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't even know. I like I said, I I've been in this league. This is what my third year. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't even close the first two years. Last year I tanked. That's how I got changed. I traded for uh, for Holmgren. Chet. Chet uh Time Lords guy. I beat Wemby last week. How about the guy? Remember the guy who said Wemby was going to be a bust? <laughs> oh man! Yeah, he's going to be a bust. Right? I haven't, I haven't thrown it back at him yet, but I will. There will the time will come when that, that he broke back out. Yeah, because that was that was a bad take. Was he the same guy that said Chet Holmgren would be a bust too? Or is that a different guy? I don't know. It might be the same guy. That guy's got something against skinny people. <laughs> 
like the girl who's now trolling. That's nasty too. Like, like the girl is now trolling everyone on Twitter and, and trying to take the high road. Uh she's she blocked me a long time ago, bro. It's amazing that people will just go and I deserve that block, but you deserve it, but she put me in that position to do that. <laughs> be blocked. Yeah. Yeah. No I always boxes. think it's funny sometimes. Like people have blocked me by mistake. Why did they block me? Not by mistake. I, I don't. They didn't block me by mistake. They just, I just find out by mistake. Like, <laughs> I was, yeah, when I somebody was, else replies was, and you're like, who's that? <laughs> I was blocked by Tito's vodka for a while. Tito made vodka. I have no idea why. Isn't that uh, Einsiedler, his yeah, company? Yeah, they blocked me. Yeah, I don't like you. <laughs> I like them. <laughs> Ask Carlo when you see him about the night when I drank all of Tito's and Frank and Tito's. They didn't have any left. <laughs> Bro. And then, and then I slept in the car in the parking garage across the street. <laughs> That's hilarious. Tenders, they turn me right. Oh, man. Didn't even hesitate. Uh, uh. Yeah. Yeah, he said, he said, no, I don't know. I said, what? He goes, you drink <laughs> half a bottle of vodka. But there's, there's only one charge for it. I don't know. I don't do the charging. <laughs> Right. That uh, I didn't create that. Yeah. I'm a good customer. But... I'm on block now. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they said <laughs> something nice. Maybe maybe they found out. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was a rough morning. That's that's quite an aggressive block though. I mean how many they got Tons of followers. I don't even know what I did to, to get blocked by Tito's. Well, they probably right. knew that's what I'm saying. Just personal, man. I don't <laughs> even remember how I looked it up. I I, I think I tried to. <laughs> I tried to like. Tag it's like when everybody something. found out they were blocked by Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I like tried to tag him, and I was like, "You're blocked, blocked. Why am I blocked? What did I do to Tito's vodka other than drink?" <laughs> They're not regular podcast listeners. Or are they? They should sponsor us. Tito's yeah. Vodka. Drink Isn't it. George Clooney in that too? Drink it. It'll make stewards' decisions look less egregious. Every time they take one down, drink a bottle. That's what they're probably doing. You know what I love is spring training games. Why is that? Because it, it's a sign that the summer is coming. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, the games themselves are, you know. I was going to say, you watch that nonsense? My, my, <laughs> my, my brother went to... Uh, going to the games are cool. Like, my going brother, to the spring training him, games are fun. But Him and, him and, uh, him and my, my, uh, my nephew went... They're on the West Coast of Florida this weekend. Checking out the Orioles. Now they're oh, okay. Orioles. 
Yeah. I texted my brother one Phillies day. Too over there. I said, I said, is it the time of the game where like number 92 is pitching to number 77? <laughs> He goes, yeah. Right. Nobody knows who the hell they are. Yeah. <laughs> it used to be cheap. We used to go to games when uh, the Orioles played at Fort Lauderdale Stadium. Mm. And we could get in there for like eight bucks. Six yeah, bucks. it was it, it was it, not yeah. expensive. Do you I remember you used to go? Now it's, it's used, crazy. It was compared... uh, it was two bucks to park. I think it was ten bucks total. I think it was two bucks to park and eight bucks to get in. But uh, I I I tell you a story. I saw Gaspar Mosher at the at a board. Yeah, game. <laughs> that's a with good no, story. With no with no shirt on, like Gaspar. <laughs> Gaspar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, it always it makes was, me laugh. It was close though, man. It was it was you know it's like right on commercial board. Then they left. Yeah. Uh, I remember I saw Vladimir Guerrero play when he was a rookie. For the expos and they played in Jupiter. And uh I mean this was like before there was a lot of stuff on the internet. And I remember I remember calling my dad, I was like, I just saw like the best player I ever saw. <laughs> He's like, I see the best he player. Goes, What's his ever? Name? Guerrero, Vladimir Guerrero. He goes, Let's see, like a, a Russian uh Dominican. <laughs> <laughs> I said, All I know is he's skinny, but he hit a line drive. That a laser about, beam that, that went about three feet over the shortstop's head and still hit the 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 the, uh, the wall on the fly, like he runs like the wind and he's got a he threw a guy out a third like like he was he was standing at, at second base not in right field. And as it turns out, he turned out to be pretty good. <laughs> no batting gloves. That was the best thing about him. You know, it was wild though because you know before we had the internet, like. You just didn't like these people came out of nowhere, you know. They, oh, you, that... you never you never heard of them, and and all of a sudden they're like now, it's it's that just doesn't happen like it does. It, yeah. it, 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 in all kind of, it's racing too. I mean, think mm-hmm. about it. Like horses are 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 highly touted before they even start. <laughs> we just didn't see horses like get bet off the board like they do now. Get the Swift report now. First time starters going from three to five. That that was like unheard of. It did not happen, no matter how good they were. Usually, those races, you know, the the uh, favorites were three to one. Yeah, it just didn't. It just did not happen. But well, times change, and yeah, one to nine shots all over the place. Now we we get Chalk City. Chalktastic. Yeah. Even the Trotters, too, man. Chocolands. Chocola. <laughs> Chocolate Bay Downs. <laughs> Batavia. Santa Chalka. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the only, like, it's funny. I don't know. I, I wish I, I should do some digging around with the numbers, but. At Tampa, I swear to God, chalk wins ninety percent of the time on the dirt. Yeah, it's been brutal. Grass, whole nother story. Yeah, it's it's free for all, but on the dirt, it's like the, 
favorites win a lot. There's still opportunities. There's just a lot fewer of them. Uh, just have to be patient because if you just play undervalued horses all the time, it's just as bad for you. You know, racing is such a mental game. Totally and, is. And, you know, from, from a lot of different standpoints, too. I mean, if you're a breeder, it takes forever. <laughs> Get your horse on the track. Think about this. If 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 we went to the sale on the last if we went to the January sale and we bought a mare and well she wasn't in full. Well, we'd just be breeding her now. We wouldn't get a foal if everything went right till next year. That foal, if we were gonna race it, wouldn't race for two more years after that. I mean, that's a lot of patience that's needed. And there's yeah. not a lot that goes on in between that's good. No. What goes on in between, usually, if it's if it's not just, you know, the, the same old stuff, it, it, it's right. It's a bad, something that happened. The only things that happen are bad. It just takes forever. I mean, if you're a horse trainer, um, you know, getting a horse in and, and, you know, getting them, starting them off, working them, Invariably, something goes wrong. They get sick. They get a bruised foot. There, you know, there, there's something that happens just through the course of horses being fragile animals that a lot can throw them off their game. And to get them to the race, to a race, and the ones that really need time to develop and, and just are not going to be real precocious, it just takes a long time. And then, like as a better, like. You know, you, you can find action. You just look at any ADW any day. There's there's plenty of races to bet. Oh, yeah. It's, but if you bet all of them, you're going to wind up being... <laughs> in the toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yep. It's just, it's, it's hard. You have got to be patient about it. I mean, and that's the part that a lot of people who play for fun, you know, they're not. And I think that's what the, the nerds don't get is that, that, People don't want to do so much due diligence that it, it becomes like a job if they're approaching this from um, a, an entertainment standpoint, meaning that they want to go to the races, want to handicap races, want to bet the races. Mm -hmm. And if they win, of course, it's going to be a lot better. They want to try to make a score. But the, uh, the fact that the odds... You're telling us the, the odds drops are inevitable. That is a turnoff for a person like that. And those are the people that their growth comes from. You're not going to get a lot of growth from, from other CAW teams. They're just going to get to a point where, you know, they're betting against each other. You know? But, Shit, they're almost at that point now. I mean, yeah, you, you got to work hard at it, but how many people have access to, you know, to um, foreign exchange pools? <laughs> and and it just is, I mean, if we can't, and this is the thing, is if we can't trust the tote board, and you can't. I mean, they're basically saying you can't. So, you know, why have it? So. Oh, it happens everywhere, too. 
I, I mean, I'm, believe me, I'm sick of talking about it, but it, it's it's the not the math. The math is is not the problem. The problem is that the perception. It's just like we talked about earlier. The perception, man. The perception that that people are not getting a fair shake. Well, and yeah, you, I mean, what what? Remember, I gave you the great analogy the other day. Yeah. You can explain to me why the odds go down after the race starts. You can have a perfectly logical explanation, but it's like explaining to a wife why her husband cheated with the twenty-five-year-old secretary by saying, "Well, you know, look at her; she's she's hot." You know, <laughs> why? How could how could he? You know, it makes sense, right? She's still gonna want to stab him. <laughs> exactly. Like, you think that, you know, I'm supposed to say, hey, you know, the horse I bet is six to one, but he was never going to be that. Because, you know, his, his odds on the, the exchange were never higher than three to one. Like, that doesn't happen every race, does it? It's not every single race that there's a horse that gets bet down like that, is there? There's not any value to be found anywhere anymore? You're telling me that, that there's not any races where a horse goes off higher than than what they they the projected odds are because if that's the case then what are we doing what are we doing <laughs> no it just is it's, right you're, that you're, you know i mean that's what it's getting to where the the outcomes are almost like predetermined you have a wide in swath. that sense you know everyone always says all oh, racing is a game of old people well, old people have a, a wide swath of experience in wagering on horse races. And this phenomenon is relatively new. They don't, they didn't have to deal with that. Now you can tell me it's a changing world all you want, but those are those are the people you're going to chase away. Because they're just not going to say, well, I've done this for 35 years and for 30 years. I never had to worry about this at all. The only time odds changed that great was when there was a fix-in. Mm -hmm. But now you're saying I have to accept it and I have to start looking at exchange and pick threes and this and that in order to figure out what my, my horse's odds are going to be. And you know what people say? You know what? Fuck you. <laughs> or nothing at all and just walk away. Yeah, I'll bet sports. Yep. I mean, seriously, if someone's going to dedicate a couple hours on a Saturday afternoon, they can bet college basketball just as easy. At least they're they're getting the price that they think they're they're supposed to get. I I get the explanations. We're not you. You've explained this a hundred times. We get it. But what you don't get is that there is a tiny fraction of the population that's going to be to say you know what uh i'm willing to do that work they're just not going to do it and, you know as such the game is just going to continue to flounder because you're just going to chase people away i mean the fact of the matter is that the the, the caws feast on suckers money but if the suckers won't show up anymore <laughs> right who are they gonna beat who, up on where are you gonna get them from
That's why, at the very least, and I've been saying it, don't shut them off in the wind pool with two minutes like Naira does. It's just the, the perception. It doesn't matter what I think the horse should have been, the odds. If the horse was six to one or five to one or four to one or three to one or two to one. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is that I feel like I'm not getting ripped off. And that's the one thing that, the, the one pool that's plainly obvious and and we've seen that it's not uh the most you know it doesn't solve all the ails because you have odds in exacta pools that don't line up really that well with the odds in the wind pools in a lot of cases which of yeah. course causes this you know people like oh my god the horse was 16 to 1 but the exact only paid yeah but the horse was 16 to 1 because you know, it, it was it's an inefficient wind pool. It's a less efficient wind pool, but the exacta pool isn't because there's all the, the CAW money in the in the exacta pool because it's shifted because they still need to bet volume to get the rebates. But that is the one thing that everyone sees that's on the tote board. They don't have place odds. They don't have exacta odds. They don't have trifecta odds. They don't have pick four odds. They have nothing but the win odds. So if you just take the wind pool and sacrifice those two minutes worth of CAW plays, then you're appeasing a large segment of the suckers that you need to continue to feed your CAW monster. If that isn't understandable, then I just don't know what else to say. I mean, is it that hard to understand? I don't think so, personally. But again, I don't, I don't understand why the the tracks sit on their hands on this issue. Well, they sit on their hands. They don't want to say anything because they're, they're involved. It's, it's their right, fault. They're in bed with them. <laughs> it's their fault. Yeah, it's their fault. They're, they're it's they're the ones that created this. And and they didn't just create it by allowing the CAWs in. They created it by not trying to grow the business when they got free money from slot machines instead of saying let's lower the takeout and let's make this a more attractive wagering game and let's try to get more people involved they did the opposite they create they gave more money to to the caws in the form of jackpot bets and i, I mean they've lowered their prices and they and we don't even know what the prices are <laughs> It's just a, a a terrible way of of doing business. Again, like I said, the perception is disgracefully bad. Well, they don't. They got accountants and stuff, right? Uh, it, it's it's like everything else, though, Barry. I mean, the perception of of what we started the show off about. If you tell people that weather might have been a factor, they're going to think it's a factor, even if it's not. <laughs> That's like true. you like you said. There's never been a situation where we have less horses breaking down, yet everybody thinks there's more. Everybody thinks their answer is the answer. And my my, my answer is that there is no answer. You just do the best you can in that situation. And, and that's not what we're doing. There has to be some sort of compromise on the wagering situation. There has to be some sort of compromise uh, on, on the, the, the racetrack surface breakdown bullshit issue. There has to be, because if there's not, you're just going to keep killing the game. 
Nobody wants synthetics. Nobody wants that. There might be people that will tell you they want it, but in the end, they're not going to want it because others are going to flock away. If I'm a breeder and, and I have a, a big group of mares and you put all synthetic tracks in, I'm getting rid of all my mares and our turf mares. <laughs> because I know what a turf horse is supposed to look like and I know how to breed a turf horse. Doesn't mean they're going to be good. But if you breed to a turf stallion with a mare that was good on the turf, the odds are you're probably going to get a turf horse. Does that mean they're going to run on the synthetic? No. Maybe they might. Maybe they won't. Again, you, you, you're breeding horse that you have, uh, you know, some some semblance of a, of a, you know, idea of what you might get. But all of a sudden, a, a, a mare who's been strong on the dirt and, and you don't have dirt tracks, it's going to hurt her value. It's going to hurt the value of a tremendous amount of horses in the bloodstock gene pool. You, you, you have a limited number of horses out there. I mean, I, I mean a limited number of, of, of breeders and buyers and, and, and people that own horses. You're making it harder again. It just it, that's not what a, a, a smart business would do. No, that that's why it's so crazy to me. I just don't, you know, from a just pure business perspective, that just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It's... What did I say a couple months back? Safety has become this crutch. That mm -hmm. Anytime that anybody wants to do something that's not going to be popular, they just bring out the old safety thing. And everybody's, you know, no one's allowed to argue against safety. Safety, 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 safety. Of course, safety is important, but, but you can't, you know, the safest way to, to, drive, uh, to drive a car is to let it sit in your driveway. Don't drive it at all. Can't, you know. Especially if there's people driving around the neighborhood at 6.30 knocking down telephones. <laughs> that was Barry's text to me early this morning. <laughs> Some guy just drove into a telephone pole across from my house. <laughs> 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. The cops came about 9.30. They stayed for about 20 minutes and just kind of rolled the pole onto the sidewalk. Is it still the there? Yeah. It's still there. <laughs> that pole would be there for years. Yeah, and the guy just, he backed up and just drove off. Well, what kind of car did he have? What, do they have a tank? This is a pickup truck. And. Must be a pretty hardy pickup truck to hit a telephone pole, knock it down, and not and still be able to drive off. Right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I I couldn't see the front of it. <clears throat> but <laughs> wasn't Vince Carter, was it? No, definitely not. This is oh. a beater, a beater truck, not a not a nice one. Not like a Bentley pickup. Yeah. Well, 
unreal. As it has. Know. We even had a commercial break. See? <laughs> All the elements of a great show. Yeah. I'm going to get a Cam Newton hat and I'm going to wear it the first time we go on the air. No, you wear it. You wear it. That means you want to fight. So I do want to fight. <laughs> I want to have a fist fight. The sorting hat from Harry Potter. <laughs> I don't have any dreads to put through the top, though. Oh, we get you a hat. You know, something with a chin strap with some braids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, we appreciate everyone listening. Absolutely. Uh, we don't do any voice altering here. <laughs> no. I guess I guess it was great when someone thought it was Andy Byer. <laughs> <laughs> you could do you could do a whole show and you I, I could do my, my Andy my Andy Byer voice. The Byer speed figures for the, the braces and the kingdom of Saudi Arabia are just not that accurate. <laughs> we cannot standardize the times. Just don't understand this industry. I forget who he picked this year in the Derby. He had last yeah. year. He had Medina Spirit too. Uh, I had Medina Spirit. I uh, didn't have last year. It was Rich Strike. No, no one. Had. He slandered Rich Strike. So I, I, I did too. Actually, I didn't even slander Rich Strike. I didn't even talk about him. No, yeah, we didn't even talk about him because he wasn't in the race yeah, at the time. Right. No, he's getting in the race, and even if he had, we would have said, "Oh, Rich Rack, up, oh, he's got no chance." <laughs> yeah, post twenty, good luck. Yeah, good luck. Good, good luck, Sonny and Cher. But did he have Mage last year? I think he did. Oh, well, it makes one of us. I did. Nice score that day. Nice couple that day. Preakness was even better. Preakness day, it was, oh, man. That was a good one. Found a youth day. He's going to get Saturday's Goldstream card. It looks, it looks pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Marathon session. But. What? They're all pretty good races. I mean, they look like they're competitors. Um, so there. So there. Take that. Take that. Well, we'll talk to you. Uh, talk to you next week. All right. Bye.